Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. Welcome into the Tiger Woods podcast right here on the Believe Podcast Network, the number one podcast network for professionals. What is up? It's Cam Rogers. I'm alongside Bridget Whalen for this final episode of the month of July here. Can you believe it? We're heading into August. We are your Tiger Woods experts, of course, here for you as major championship season ramps up pretty darn soon. Hit us up on social media. I'm on Twitter at Mr. Rogers 99 and on Instagram at Mr. Rogers 98. Follow Bridget on Twitter and the gram at Bridget K. Whalen. If you did not pick up on the pattern so far, folks, we are moving to Tuesdays for the Tiger Woods podcast. So it gives the episode some time to marinate before the actual PGA Tour event in that week. And overall, it's just better. So I like this new day. And here's what's on tap for this program. No Tiger Woods at the FedEx St. Jude Invitational. That will be a big topic of discussion. What does it mean going forward? Plus, what is going on with Brooks Kepka and Dustin Johnson? I'm very excited to hear Bridget's thoughts on those two guys because it's kind of the twilight zone with them. And then we will wrap up, of course, previewing the FedEx St. Jude Invitational with our predictions. I'm starting to get very pukey about every single time I make a prediction because a lot of the times these guys miss the cut, so it's not all that great. But uh, Bridget Whalen, we welcome you into the program. How are you doing? Hey, I'm doing well. I mean, I think I'm right there with you. We're not really good uh, pickers. We're not lighting it up right now. No. Uh, the we data scientists out there are far better as we stand. But you know what? There's still time to catch heat. Uh, I mean, I golf is such a weird game. It's I even feel like the favorites, like Michael Thompson won this week, everybody. So Okay, I want us to say that I was kind of right about predicting a random winner last yeah, week. Yeah, you were. Did yeah. you see that leaderboard? Are you I kidding me? I saw it, and I mean, Michael Thompson was hitting some golf shots. Like, it is crazy how so many players who aren't, like, sort of thrown down our throats each and every week kind of could come out and just hit shots like that. Like, he he was impressive to me. That, 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 that was a display of golf. So Michael Thompson, you are on my radar. I know he hadn't won in seven years, but it was a thrill to watch him and like the emotion that he had after winning mm. all around it. I know a lot of people aren't like a fan of, you know, I don't know the the average name with the average career and, and like, yeah, he had tears flowing and maybe that doesn't resonate with people, but it should because what he did was like crazy. Like he, that was clutch and the guy hasn't won in seven years. <laughs> like, you know, that's wild. If I was on the course interviewing Thompson after that round, that final round where he won, I would have asked, Michael, did you think going into this week that you would win? And if so... What led you to that? Because it's not like Thompson was coming into this tournament with back-to-back-to-back top five finishes. You know what I mean? So what is that click in that golfer's head 
that tells them before a week, maybe if it does or doesn't, whether they're going to win. So I'm wondering if Thompson actually went into the tournament thinking, yeah, I'm going to win this week. I don't know. It's interesting. I don't know if he went in thinking he was going to win, but it sort of was circulating circulating, um, the media that he kept referencing Michael Thompson golf, which I always think is weird when people put themselves in the third person. But then I sort of like went into it from a professional, I mean, I, I went into it like from a professional golfer standpoint, but I guess from any pro sport, if you go into a game or for golf an event, thinking you are playing like stellar golf, you're playing your best golf. And like you and I have talked about this many times, these guys out on the PJ tour are the best of the best. It is not talked about enough how difficult it is to hang on to your PGA Tour card. Mm -hmm. It is so difficult. If you finish 126 in FedEx Cup points, you got to go back and you got to get your your card. Like people don't bring that up enough. That is really, really tough to to keep that card. So the guys who have the card and who are out there, they're the best of the best. So for him to know that he was playing, quote unquote, Michael Thompson golf, which I assume for him means – the best that he plays. I think maybe there was something in him that thought like, why not me? Why not? I'm playing the most stellar golf that I have. Why can't I win this? And I'm up there. Like the key for those players, obviously, is to be in the mix. Obviously, if you're like 19 off the pace, no, then I I think you should sort of recognize that you, you probably don't have a shot. But for him, he was right up there. He was in the mix. And like, Tony Finau was, was the biggest name at that point, and the guy just doesn't step on the gas. Nice he didn't pick, have by a horrible fun. Solid. You, thank you. Thank you. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, solid, but not a winner. Right. So, like, he didn't have a horrible Sunday by any means. I think he shot 68. So, like, it's, it's not even that that was the issue. It was, the issue is that I think for Michael Thompson, he saw in sight that it was plausible and possible. And then for someone like Tony Finau, who is sort of known to not really full court press on the final day, I think sort of just opened it up. It sort of like allows you to envision it. You know what I mean? Like it opens up those possibilities. There's so many extraneous factors that go into winning. And I think they all kind of just align for Michael Thompson. Yeah, and I think we talk about it a lot of times when we are trying to predict a particular tournament the previous events may not be indicative of what you're going to do this coming week. I mean, if you look at my golf scores from my senior year of high school, like in real competitive matches, it's like, you know, up and down. It's like a heartbeat. You know what I mean? One of those like things that you see in the doctor shows where it goes up and down, up and down. So, I mean, it's just like, it's a very tunnel vision sort of situation for a lot of these guys. And so, you know, it's just an interesting little thought. But uh, well, yeah, go ahead. And just one little nugget, because I like, just like you said, how it could be like so up and down, up and down. I saw that he'd racked up just seven top tens worldwide over the last four years. Mm. And that kind of speaks to how good like everybody on tour is like, and how unpredictable, like we always say that this sport can be for sure. But it, it's just like so intriguing to me that we put so much much weight on like it's like it's so difficult because those guys who are you know one through ten or in official world golf ranking they are overarchingly really like good at at performing well 
But then you get someone like Michael Thompson who could just win on a whim out of nowhere. And it really makes like the intrigue of the sport high for me because yeah, when Tiger was playing, if he was leading going into Saturday, he was probably going to win. And, and that's all fine and good and huge Tiger fans we are. So like, for me, now that the sport is a little different in the sense that like anyone could go out there and win, it, it's not the Tiger era anymore. It's so different and it's kind of cool. Yeah, absolutely. I think the volatility of the sport now, as you mentioned, really does bring a ton of intrigue to the PGA Tour week in and week out. And for a bit there, Bryson was Mr. Not Volatile. The guy was uh, really tearing it up. But uh, for him, he's back in action this week at the FedEx St. Jude Invitational, which is a WGC event, no-cut event. And a certain someone will not be in attendance of that tournament. And his name is Tiger Woods. Now, for Tiger, he made the announcement on Twitter that he will not be participating in this tournament. And Bridget, we tried our very hardest to prognosticate whether he was going to play this week in Memphis. And I think we both agreed that he probably should have, but obviously that is not the case now. And so here we are with four competitive rounds under his belt, right? going into TPC Harding Park next week at the PGA Championship. I just want to get your thoughts, and I don't mean to get you to repeat yourself because uh, I certainly don't want to do that accidentally, but I do have interest in getting your thoughts about why he made this decision, right? And you are probably right. thinking, well, he's Tiger, and he can show up and play at any point and be good, and I agree with that. Although I think right now in this little era that we are in, it's a little different. Four competitive, competitive rounds since the Genesis Invitational brings me to an element of cautiously optimistic at best for Tiger's chances at TPC Harding Park. Yeah, so the, the repeating element, I do think that after Memorial, he had to assess where his body was, right? And it gave him the opportunity to do so. And maybe it wasn't in the best place. And like we mentioned, you make the cut this week. So he would be getting four rounds in. I mean, unless God forbid there was a withdrawal of some sort. But um, all, all things aside, he would be walking 18 holes, four days in a row. And maybe he didn't like how he felt after, you know, those four rounds that that is my personal assessment I would never disagree with anything any decision that this guy makes he clearly knows how his body works his new body his old body I think he's always been super in tune with his body and I think that's what gives him a leg up his mental stability is like insanely high and I think his physical um, the physical component of his game is also really sound. So I, I would never question why he would make a decision. For me, I think that it is the element of fatigue in the sense of what his body is capable of doing. And like we always say, he wants to be peaking in the sense of fully all there for the majors. And I just don't think playing a tournament imminently before was going to do him any favors. Sadly, it makes me so sad to say that. But I think that that's the reality. 
And we all have to kind of accept that that's Tiger's reality. And it, it's not that it's like a negative on him. It's just like, that's, that's where we're at right now, you know? And that's, um, that's sort of like his capacities are something that we have to adjust how we sort of see Tiger as a whole moving forward because moving forward, his capacities are nowhere near what they were, you know, in, in the Tiger era, or even, I mean, I don't know, probably, they're probably different than they were a few years ago, who knows. So I think that this decision was definitely heavily focused on how he is feeling physically. I, I honestly think that he was hitting some great shots. And we talked about this at Memorial. So for me, like, I, I think his golf is probably all there. I think it's just the body fatigue component. Yeah, I mean, the major question we always ask is the rest better than the repetitions out there. And I do honestly believe Tiger Woods is the exception uh, to the rule in that rest is better than repetitions out there. But you see a lot of think pieces out in golf media, Bridget. And I've been reading some articles where you have the pundits out there still really clamoring for the fact that Tiger should be out there playing. And I don't know whether he is truly ready for TPC Harding Park or not. He did win the 2005 WGC American Express Invitational there in 2005 over one John Daly. And then, of course, in 2009, the President's Cup, he went 5-0. and But four rounds under his belt since this restart. And if you do zone in on his numbers from Memorial, Bridget, you're right. I mean, his irons were fantastic. If he just sharpens up that putter a little bit, I think he can contend at the PGA Championship. And I will say this until I'm blue in the face. There is nobody who knows Tiger's body better than he does. So if he comes to that decision... Sure, I think then it's probably the right one. It's funny, I was watching some highlights today from uh, Golf Channel, Bridget, our guy Trip Eisenhower, saying it's kind of a head-scratching decision. And I guess in a way it kind of is, but look, Bridget, Tiger has never played at TPC Southwind before. Never. So it's like really not that unprecedented that he decided not to play this week. He didn't play this week last year either. So I think in the end he's going to be fine. Yeah, like, why struggle through it? I kind of agree with you on that. And, like, you never know what could happen in those four days. Like, why is he going to... Humid, thunderstorms, could be delays, who knows? They're going to be so dehydrated, right, going into next week. And he's a sweaty one. (laughs) (laughs) That is for sure. He was, like, bathing at Memorial. Um, So, for me, like... I think it's the prudent decision. I understand. I get where Trip is coming from. I totally get it. And the optics are bad, right? Like he has only played four rounds of competitive golf since February. <laughs> like that's bad. That's not good. But maybe, just maybe, now that he kind of got back into that grind, he saw what the testing was like, he mm-hmm. got that no fan environment he sort of like checked off the list, right? Of like, what does professional golf entail in the COVID-19 era? He knows, he is aware. His caddy went through the rig and roll. So they are both now equipped moving forward. That is where I come from looking at this 
from the optics of you have now been exposed to all of the the weirdness that now encompasses the professional game you are aware now of how your body is going to hold up after four rounds of competitive golf since you hadn't played since february so you're sort of aware where you are physically maybe he now knows what he has to work on physically and maybe he's walking all 18 at medalist every day i don't know maybe he's playing 36 holes a day who knows the guy knows what's best for him he wants to peak at Harding Park. I think he could peak at Harding Park. He won the Masters last year. He's Tiger freaking Woods. I don't know. I don't question him anymore. Actually, I never did. <laughs> of course you never did. I love it. Hey, uh, should he go to TPC Harding Park maybe as early as Friday? You know? Yeah, maybe. 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 That, there you go. Now That's you the plan? Yeah, now you just opened another possible scenario. Maybe he wants a little ahead time over on that coast to adjust his sleeping patterns. Mm -hmm. We know Tiger is weird with sleep. Like, I don't know, does he sleep? Does a tiger sleep if you don't see it? I don't know. So maybe that's it. Maybe he wants to get comfortable in a bed. Tiger has so many little things that affect him now because of the state that his body is in right. that we really have no idea what it takes, you know, for him to prep, especially for a major. I have no idea. And it's the times are so weird right now. Like you're going cross country. He lives here in Florida. You're going across country. I don't know the adjustments. So yeah, maybe you're right. Maybe he wants to get there a little sooner. Who knows? I mean, your internal clock, I think, is really indicative of your overall health. So we're going to go with that, everyone. Tiger just wants a few more days of West Coast sleep. From what I understand, the only instances where Tiger would play the week before a major championship was at Firestone for the WGC. And Correct. obviously, we ain't playing at Firestone anymore. So you could play the what-if game. If we were playing in Akron, would he be showing up this week? Who knows? Probably just because he loves that course and why not continue to uh, pile up that record of wins that he has there. But obviously that's not the case. It is TPC Southwind. An early look ahead here, Bridget, to uh, the PGA Championship. What's your feeling about Tiger's chances? Don't give away too much. We'll save it for next week, but just okay. your initial thoughts. Um, nah. <laughs> That's fair. That's a very fair reaction. <laughs> I'm literally the meh emoji. Um, no, I mean, so to be honest, the familiarity with that course is, is very limited, right? So um, that's one thing for me. The other thing is just, uh, I don't know. That, I would be very hard pressed to say he has a good chance of winning, mm. and I guess. That's uh, kind of where I'm at right now. And it would have been cool just to see him like do really well this week. But then would it have been cool to see him do really well this week? Because then, like we said, energy in the gas tank would have been down. So like, I don't know. Like you have to take good play also has wreaks a little bit of mental havoc because think about it. If you're playing really well one week, there's so much more pressure to play as well or even better the following week. And I feel like Tony Finau has fallen victim to that a little bit too much. So it's almost like you sort of amp up the pressure on yourself. 
And don't you think that Tiger is immune from that? No way. If he was going to play really well this week in Memphis, he would have so much extra sort of like, I don't even want to say that it, it would be pressure for him because I think that he's played so much competitive golf and he's won so many times that it's he's numb to pressure. Yeah, it's it's not the same type of pressure. But I do think that he still holds like really, really, really abnormally high expectations. And especially if he's playing really well one week, I think that he only sees fit for it to propel and to increase the next week. So I think missing the WGC this week is the ultimately the best overall decision he could have made if you really break it down. If you really, really break it down, this was the, the only decision to be made. There was no way he was going to play. And I know that everyone is a serial optimist when it comes to Tiger playing and playing well. It's just this literally now looking at it from an outside perspective was the only choice. It literally was the only choice. If I, if I put those real looking glasses on and I look at it and I know last week I was saying, I think he's going to play. I think he's going to play. And I'm not absolving myself from that. Cause I did say that. I also was going into it thinking about what he had said himself that he needs more reps. I didn't know what that meant. And I still don't know what that means. I don't think anyone knows what that means. He's toying with us. Right, because he's not playing this week. So clearly yeah. what we thought that means is not what it means. And, and that's just it. So we took that tiny little morsel and we literally made a loaf of bread out of it. But, you know. <laughs> that's a heck of an analogy and probably an accurate one. He also said we'd see him, quote, soon, whatever exactly. that Exactly. So, but no matter what we were going to, right? Because there was no way he wasn't missing. He knows what he's doing. Yeah, I mean, honestly, he is so... He is so mentally brilliant that it's just, it, it, I don't know. There you can tell no because you know what? He smirks after he says that kind of stuff. You know For what he's doing. Sure. He's a smart guy. Yeah. For sure. He, he purposefully waits until the last possible moment to enter any tournament. The whole time that I've known Tiger as a competitive player, he has done that. This is his MO. He likes to keep that element of intrigue in the mix. And I love it. We all feast on it. I'm just, I feel like for us, he sort of dropped that little morsel and we just all, oh, we like ate it up like immediately. Like we fall prey every time. And I have to assume that coming from his team or, or whatever you want to call it, they all know <laughs> how calculated every single thing is that they do. And they all know how everyone's going to fall victim to it. And it must just be so like oddly satisfying to be like, oh, happened again. <laughs> it's got to be. But you know what? We're going to see him next week in San Francisco at the PGA Championship. Should be a very fun show next week there. Let's talk more about what we saw last week and what we may see this week. Talking about two guys in particular, Bridget, Dustin Johnson and Brooks Kepka. A couple of guys who are not playing their best golf right now. And I will remind you, Dustin Johnson won in Hartford not too long ago. And just last week at the 3M Open, withdrew with a quote-unquote back injury or whatever it was. I don't think he was actually hurt. I think he just wanted to get ready for Memphis ahead of time. And then you have Brooks Kepka missing the cut. So this, by the way, after Dustin Johnson fired a couple of 80s in the previous tournament at Nearfield Village. So it's like, 
what in the world is happening right now? I think that's pretty stunning to me, Bridget, to see two world-class players not make the weekend at the 3M Open, a tournament that easily had the weakest field out of all of the tournaments in this restart. Now, I'm not going to be Mr. Uh, all grumpy and whatever. These guys should be top tening it every single week. But it's like, hmm, it makes you wonder, like, what exactly is going on here? And I think there are two different reasons. I think Kepka is injury-related, and then DJ is just mentally related. Like, he can just shut out if he wants to because he's DJ, he's rich, and he can win a major championship next week. So it's like, <laughs> that's how he feels. What do you think? What's the, what's the deal here? That's so true. I think that DJ's superpower is that he uh, does not hinder on things at all mentally. <laughs> I think that they are in and they are out. Right. So for me, uh, whew, he hit that ball in the water. What hole was that? That was, He made a nine, I think. That it was, was early, yeah. Yeah, that, that was painful. I, I don't know what's going on there. He is a little elusive to me with that withdrawal. And it's, it's weird because he won Travelers. <laughs> exactly. So, so I, I'm a little confused with him. I don't know what's going on. Brooks, on the other hand, there's, some, there's something wrong there. There's definitely something going on with his knee. Um, he has a really big test, I think, coming up for him because he's, like, not in the mix. And he not at literally all was playing the 3M Open because as of now, he, he won't make it to the playoffs. So that's disconcerting nonetheless. But there's definitely something wrong there. And I read something from his short game coach, Pete Cowan. Um, and, and I mean, there's no denying that Brooks is struggling. But he was confident that, you know, there's a road back to the top. And he sort of, he alluded to Tiger Woods's comeback strategy a little bit, which I was like, wow, okay. So I was like, okay, so there is there something like really wrong with the knee here? <laughs> like, I, I don't know what we're dropping at. Um, but there's definitely something massively wrong going on with him. He does not feel well. He was bending over a lot on Friday. Uh, he, he definitely was favoring that knee. He, yeah, he was not having a good time. Just to give you guys some context here, Brooks Kepka is 155th in the FedEx Cup point standings. And obviously, time is ticking away. But you look at the names around Brooks, too, and it obviously makes you feel that this guy does not belong in this ranking here. Ben Martin, Robert Streb is actually ahead of Brooks Kepka. Brendan Grace is one peg behind Brooks. Hudson Swafford, James Hahn. These are the names that are around Kepka right now. And no disrespect to these guys, they're all professionals and have contended many times, but we're talking about a multi-major championship winner here. And, oh, by the way, a guy that has to defend his title at the PGA Championship for the second time next week. So I forgot that, yeah, the 3M Open commitment was probably because of the FedEx Cup point standings. Absolutely. But the knee injury, yeah, is definitely something to monitor as we go forward. And you got to wonder if you're putting Brooks into that category of Jordan Spieth, but not quite Jordan Spieth yet, right? And I talked about this last year. And trust me, I usually don't give myself too much credit. But I did mention last year that 
all right, enjoy this run with Brooks Kepka because it could be a Jordan Spieth type situation where maybe that run kind of hits a little speed bump, right? And look, they all go through it. Rory McIlroy had his massive run in the uh, early part of the 2010s, if you will. And Jordan Spieth in 2015 and Brooks last year and the year before. I mean, it's just the way golf is. It's not an indictment on anybody in particular. I just think there's so much talent up there in the uh, PGA Tour level that, look, it's going to happen. You're going to have your struggles. Look at Brendan Todd. The guy was probably selling cars at one point, and here he is winning twice on the PGA Tour this season. So golf is as volatile as they come. We've talked about it plenty of times, Bridget. And um, for Brooks Kepka, it's going to be a big test for him this week. Yeah, the weird thing about Brooks for me is he says when he's not playing well, he says it. Like, he says, I'm playing bad golf. You don't typically hear that. And that sort of causes a little concern for me. Even Dustin Johnson, when he's playing bad, he still talks about the good in his game. You know what I mean? Like, he'll say, I was hitting good shots or I was Mm -hmm. hitting good putts. You don't really hear that from Brooks. And it's weird. And that's why I focus on the knee a lot, because I think that whatever is going on there is negatively affecting the internal game. I really do think that there's something major going on there. And I know that it's been very elusive and that he's talked about MRIs and and this, that, and the other thing, and that it hasn't really been broken down too much and that he said it so himself that he's not going to use it as an excuse. Saying those things is weird to hear a professional golfer say for me. Even Jordan, when he's, I mean, he's really not doing well currently. He still talks about the positives. Yeah, I mean, we'll see what happens for this guy. I hope he comes back to his typical form because when he is on, he is on. And then the same thing for Dustin Johnson, too, but I'm not as worried about him, Bridget, just because, literally, again, the guy won at the Travelers Championship not too long ago. So we shall see. Let's talk about this FedEx St. Jude Invitational 78-player field that includes players from 19 different countries vying for a $10.5 million purse and 550 FedEx Cup points. That goes to the winner, of course. And that means with this big purse, there's an opportunity for me to catch up to Bridget Whalen because obviously... I'm winning. Last week, yeah, Tony Finau tied for third. Doc Redman missed the cut. God damn, (laughs) Doc Redman, the doc. So Bridget is at $894,000, roughly, probably $895 to round that up. I'm at $581,000. So it's a gap, but not as big as you may think, folks, because if I pick a winner, she picks a guy who misses the cut, and then you get blah, it. Blah, blah, blah. You get it. So hey, here we go. TPC Southwind, par 70 course, just a shade over 7,200 yards. Again, no cut event. So, Bridget, if you want to go aggressively this week, this could be it because you pick a high upside guy who's good at birdie or better percentage or, you know, par five scoring or eagles or whatever, and you don't have to worry about this guy missing the cut. That's one strategy, but I am intrigued to hear who your pick is. No, I'm going with the winner, Daniel Berger. (laughs) Chalky, 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 chalky. (laughs) 
Man, I am such a sellout. I went from Bryson to Finau to Burger. <laughs> the two-time winner at TPC Southwind, folks. Yes, he loves yeah, that. Yeah, I mean, I don't know. Up until uh, up until the restart, he only wins here. <laughs> so, so you know, that's what I'm going with. I, I don't know. You know, he's had bogey-free rounds here. He avoids trouble. It's it's gonna be firm and fast. He plays well. I don't know. I'm I'm going with Daniel Berger. I mean, there's no cut, so we're gonna make money either way. Right. That's the uh, positive thing. So what? We've had one, two, three, four, five, six, seven tournaments so far, and only twice have Bridget and I picked players who both made the cut at the same time that week. So that wow. was the uh, Workday Charity Open. I had Hovland, you had uh, Shoffle, and then the RBC Heritage, I had Rose, and you had the Postman. All right, so I really struggled with this because I like a lot of guys this week. And for you fantasy gamers out there, I love McElroy, I love Cantley, I love Justin Thomas. Those are my three anchors for fantasy golf lineups. In terms of a winner, I am going to go pretty chalky too. Although, I mean, it's pretty easy to go chalky at a WGC because everybody knows these names. But Justin Thomas is my guy. I think he crushes WGC events, kind of like Xander Shoffley too. I like him a lot. But he was close at the workday. It feels like a JT sort of week. I think he is going to win before the FedEx Cup playoffs, whether that could be this week or the PGA Championship, who knows? But wow, that is I feel like he would definitely prefer the latter. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yes, absolutely, absolutely. But uh, it's going to happen pretty darn soon, and I like him this week. I just think he's a solid birdie maker, and, you know, he does have a tendency to miss a cut, but no cut event, so give me JT. Yeah, I always like him. He's solid. I think he'll play well here. I think it's a good pick. I think there is a win out there for McElroy really soon, though. All right. I do believe. I don't. So really? we could, yeah, we could differ on that. Yeah, I. Yeah, I don't see. I. Yeah, I don't see it coming anytime soon. That's okay. my. That's all my right. opinion. We don't all, often differ, so there you go, Rory. Well, that's good. Marketplace of ideas, right? That's right. There you go. Somebody said that in like the early 1700s. I don't know. I learned it in school sometime. Uh, somebody looked that up and hit me up. AP US history. So there you go. WGC FedEx St. Jude Invitational this week. A nice little warm up. It's going to be steamy. Yes. Man. Yeah. I mean, God bless those guys. It is going to be hot out there. So stay it's hydrated. It's going to be a complete 180 the following week in San Francisco for cloudy and low of 70. <laughs> or a high of 70, I should say. That sounds lovely. Yeah. Yeah. So Tiger in his sweater next week, Bridget. We'll see. <gasps> oh, I'm so excited. How excited are you for major championship golf? It's going to be good. It's going to be a great thing for the game. And, uh, of course, Bridget and I will have all of the coverage on the Tiger Woods podcast next week for Tiger's next shot at a major championship. So that'll wrap up this edition of the show. We'll talk to you guys next week. Have a good week. Thank you for listening to Believe. 
You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.